Yo, 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 it's your girl and boy CT. I'm Cindy Barnes. And I'm Travis Barnes. And we are the founders of the Overcomers Podcast. Sponsored by Journey 333. That is a place of mind, body, spirit that helps you with fitness, coaching, and nutrition to look better, live better, and feel better. We produce these episodes every week for your enjoyment to help people to overcome adversity and live their dreams. Yo, yo, yo. Hello, Overcomer Nation. Yes, I'm talking to you. If you're listening to this show, then you are an overcomer. The Overcomers Podcast is sponsored by Journey 333. Now, that's a lot of threes. So that's fitness, coaching, and nutrition, mind, body, spirit, where we help you to look better, live better, and feel better. Today, I am on with my very good friend, Brandy Binkley. She is an amazing fitness extraordinaire. She had her own business for 10 years, her own brick and mortar in the fitness industry. It was called PhysioFit right outside of Nashville. Right, well, actually right in Nashville. Beautiful place. Got to visit there myself. She's a fellow masterminder. She's a P10. And talk about overcoming. Brandy and I really connected during the pandemic because we were looking to overcome the problems with software in the fitness industry. There's really not a wraparound software. And never before when you're trying to do even more with less during the pandemic time, did you realize the need for something that could just serve you better. So I can't wait for Brandy to share all about her journey through fitness today, her journey through life, and the journey that she's on now to serve the fitness industry in an even greater and bigger way with her software physio. So Brandy, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Travis. I'm excited to be here with you. Well, thank you so much. You know, it's always great anytime that I get to spend time with you, like, you know, the time that we jumped off the cliff together. That was really cool. Uh, <laughs> we'll have to tell people about that later on. Uh, but, you know, I always like to kick off the show, giving people a chance to get to know you. Um, obviously, already, uh, we had that little introduction, but that's just scratching the surface. I, I didn't even tell them that you're a trainer of the year, right? So trainer of the year. What year was that? 2015. I'm dating 20, myself. <laughs> all right. All right. 2015. All right. So 2015 trainer of the year. Um, so talk to me a little bit. Uh, let's give people the CNN version of Brandy, right? If we were doing like your life story as a news clip on the news, you know, how would it, uh, how would it go? You know, tell us a little bit about you. Uh, CNN. Hmm. Let me see what version would they tell? Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, they would say, oh, by the way, guys, I said from Nashville, so it would start off, Lord willing and the creek don't rise. This is how it goes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Good Lord willing and the creek don't rise. Right. Um, yeah. Well, obviously, you know, born and raised in Middle Tennessee and um, grew up working very early age, um, put myself through college uh, via the military. Um, and uh, served during or during and after September 11th and um, got out of the military, finished my degree in exercise physiology and uh, decided to move home to Nashville, Tennessee to start my business. And so I started training out of somebody else's facility and doing a little training out of my garage and I just realized that I only had enough hours in the day to see so many people. And I had so many big dreams of what I wanted to do to help people live a better life. And I think I just had a just heart for like fit pros, you know, just a big passion for fit pros. Um, because we, we get up early, we stay up late, we grind. There's so many hours that people never even see, you know, our customers get to see just the snippet, the good stuff, right? They truly just see the CNN version of the work that you 
do. They don't see all the stuff in the background that goes on to make it happen. And so I wanted to create a facility where we empowered and enriched the lives of others through fostering creativity in our team and education in our team. And so that's where PhysioFit started. Um, yeah, can I, I, opened... can I just take a second and thank you for your yeah. service too? You know, uh, as we kind of get into PhysioFit and then, you know, of course, on into the Physio software. Um, I think it's I think it's special that we're doing this show uh, together. Uh, Veterans Day is just around the corner. So whether you're uh, able to catch this, you know, before veterans or just after, um, you know, I always uh, I just feel so indebted to the brave men and women that have served our country and given us uh, these freedoms that we have every day. And, you know, I don't want to take that for granted. So I just want to uh, say, you know, thank you. Uh, I also want to highlight you a little bit as being, I think, the first masterminder to ever show up with bullets in her bag. <laughs> oh, man, right? Isn't there, you know, there's, I wasn't even there to witness it, but I, mean, I don't know. The, the stories have grown bigger around the mastermind as the years have gone by. But uh, uh, what happened? You showed up to your first one and accidentally still had some of your ammunition in your bag? or what? Oh, yeah. I had a stray bullet that just hadn't been used in my... Um... And my little cosmetics case thing, and they didn't like that at the airport. So they pulled oh, yeah. me aside and, you know, yeah. And there was no gun. There was just, I had been to the range. And when you go to the range, you're not supposed to walk in with a loaded weapon. So I had unloaded my weapon um, and I'd done it like I was in the, you know, the cargo area of my car outside in the parking lot, unloaded my weapon. And, um, when I, I had the handful of bullets, I put them down in my gun bag, which also had my cosmetics case in it. I think one of them must have just slipped inside of it. And I just didn't, I just didn't know. No. So here I go off to the airport three days later. And of course, then they're scanning my hands for gunpowder and all these things and asking me, what do you do for a living? And I'm like, I work out. I own a gym. Like I am harmless. I promise. How did that scan yeah. work out? Did they, did they detect gunpowder on you or no? No, it's three okay. days later. Now, if I had been that morning, they might have been able to find some, just because it does kind of get in the crevices of your fingernails and stuff. But anyway, that has happened to me before. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Scary stuff. I mean, I was just coming back from Vegas. And uh, I think it all started because, I don't know, I left my belt on or whatever. And and then they decided to wipe down my hands. And then they got uh, an alert on their thing. you know. And he says, oh, you're going to have to stay here until I get a supervisor over. I said, well, can you tell me what the alert is for? You know, so I figured maybe I touched dirty money. Maybe the money had drugs on it or, you know, like whatever, you know, right. So I thought maybe they were sensing for drugs and he says, Oh, well, this is for explosives, but it's usually a false positive. Somebody just has to come over and confirm it. And so I'm like, for explosives. I'm like, I'm like, you know, like now I'm almost making a scene. I'm like, well, what happens now? You know, like, I mean, like, you know, you got me labeled as some sort of terrorist or whatever, you know, like, yeah, you're like, I haven't touched anything explosive. Right. And he says, oh, well, it's usually a false positive. They'll confirm it. So now this guy comes over and he's like, you know, he puts on a fresh set of gloves and he's wiping all over me with his gloves. And then he's uh, going to test his gloves. So he's you know, wiped inside my waistband and down my legs and all over, you know, places I'd prefer not to generate now, you know, but like, you know, he just touched me all over. And then he tests his hands and I'm like, well, I hope his hands are okay now, you know, right. You know, and it turned out that it was a false positive. I mean, it should have been right. Cause I didn't have any explosives, but uh, 
that's kind of a, a tough thing to go through at the airport, I guess is my point. It is. So, yeah, you feel a little accosted. Yeah, well, for sure. And I'm like, but I would rather than be careful, right? I mean, well, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I want them to do their job and I don't want them to let somebody on that does have explosives. But how I ever came up, I don't even, unlike yourself, I don't have a gun. I don't go to the firing range. I had no reason. I mean, I hadn't even touched a firecracker recently on the 4th of July. You know what I mean? Like, so- the, I think it's the general scent of Vegas. Right. Well, that could have been. That was a pretty explosive. It's in the air. Oh, sure. So I was blowing one casino up and then, you know, rebuilding another one. So who knows what I had all over me. But yeah. uh, so we were, t- I wanted to thank you for your service and just kind of highlight what a unique individual you are. You're so fun. Um, and then you were talking about, well, yeah, yeah. Thanks for adding value to my life for sure. Uh, just knowing you adds value. Um, then you were talking about starting physio fit before I interrupted you and uh, kind of took you down the veterans path, but uh, yeah. yeah, No, it's okay. So I started physio fit in um, 2012 and uh, no, 2011, 2011. And um, it was just myself and and two trainers that were kind of contract employees and uh, in a 1400 square foot space. And then in 18 months, we got the opportunity to, grow and to move into a bigger space and that's the space that you've been to and we were there for the bulk of the time the facility was open um so then COVID happened which uh, a lot of gyms closed their doors because they couldn't stay in business during COVID. that was not our situation um we kind of had grown from just a regular personal training outfit to uh we, we moved into group fitness over the years and then we moved into physical therapy Um, with having some medical oversight and different things like that. So we had a pretty robust team by the time January this year um, or December last year came around. And, um, you know, a developer wanted to buy our building. So um, we had to close down. Um, And just to restart somewhere else would have been incredibly cost prohibitive. Um, You know, the rising cost in space. Uh, had squeezed our margin to death. And so, um, you know, we relocated our coaches and our physical therapy team actually just now opened their new space, which is exciting. Um, And that's where we are today. But in the middle of that, of COVID, what happened with the, you mentioned software, is that PhysioFit, I made a strategic decision to try to fix a problem, uh, no massive problem that I was having, but that other people, you know, in our mastermind and other fit pros were having of managing all the parts of their business from different avenues. And it was really expensive. And so I'm going, wait a minute, this is too segmented, right? It's Mm -hmm. that the industry is too segmented and it doesn't allow us to grow. Um, and it, it's, it's almost like we're growing, you know, financially by like 1% a year or 2% a year when we really should be able to grow by 10, 15, 20% a year. And so, um, I connected with a client of mine who has a history in payment processing and we had a really good conversation about, uh, software and technology. And, um, he, they flew Sushant who you've met over to meet with me and they had a, investor deck ready and so i said okay yes i'll i'll sign the dotted line invest my money and my time to try to fix this problem and so that's where we are today a couple years ahead now yeah so let Um, me let me highlight you know a couple of things you said so first of all uh you know thank you for you know kind of giving the cnn 
clip I know that, uh, you know, of the fitness industry, you know, how people only see a little piece of what we do. Um, I know that some of the people that are listening today might be fitness business owners. They might be fitness enthusiasts. Uh, they might just enjoy hearing people overcome different problems in life and, you know, what type of tools and strategies they use to do that. So whoever you are, uh, who's ever listening right now, I just wanted to, you know, take a second and let Brandy highlight some of these pain points that she uncovered herself firsthand, 10 years, having her own brick and mortar location. Her and I were actually on the same page and I was thinking to myself, all right, so I'm out there interviewing software companies because I need a software that does more than what mine currently did. And I had my ultimate software checklist and I'm like searching for something I'm starting to think is a unicorn. And I'm like, wow, this doesn't really exist. So what do I do? And I'm already a franchisor. I already own multiple locations. You know, I'm trying to speak and I'm trying to write and I'm trying to do all these things. And I'm like, I couldn't imagine being that person that takes on this monumental God-sized task of, you know, trying to create what we need. But I do feel that as coaches, you know, we've, I don't know, fitness trainers, I don't know, are we like the the dumb jocks that got taken advantage of by the business world? Because like, you know, we got six different softwares that we need to run our business and we're, you know, really getting ripped off on most of them for what we pay. And, you know, it's just, uh, let me just take it to this point. What pain points did you see firsthand as a business owner? And did you identify that you're trying to solve by creating this wraparound software that we call physio? The first one being that all of us want more time and we want to be able to do what we love and make more money. Yeah. Yeah. We want more time because really when we start our businesses, we are the business. We are the ones hustling the sessions, teaching the classes, trying to manage customer expectations, trying to clean the bathroom. Like you're doing all the things and you're wearing all the hats. Mm -hmm. And then, oh, by the way, you got to learn how to do social media marketing and you got to learn how to send out email campaigns and, you know, COVID hit and, oh, now you've got to go virtual. And so, like you said, none of us have really, people who run a business, who run a fitness business, Rarely, 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 probably less than 1% have a business degree, right? Mm -hmm. And so um, the other thing is we don't understand budgets and cash flows and things like that. And so the when I started learning more about business and started realizing how much I loved it and I loved the challenge of it, um, I realized that not every fitness business owner does love the challenge of it. What they love to do is serve their people. And so I wanted to create a system where they could do what they loved and what they were really good at um, while the system did a lot of work for them on the back end. All they've got to do is, you know, put their clients in, put the information in. And now with AI, you know, the system will work for you as long as you're diligent about doing your side of it. So to not have to log into 10 different systems to manage customer stuff, to do sales and all these things. And the big piece of that, like my why, you know, I think Simon Sinek says, you've got to have your just cause and your why. Um, and my just cause is, oh, Travis, you're gonna get me emotional. Mm. So my just cause is that I don't want gyms to close. Mm -hmm. I don't want fit pros getting out of the industry. They make the world a better place. Healthy people make healthy decisions mm -hmm. and the healthier our customers are, the better the world is. 
And so if you stay in business, the world's a better place. And yeah. so I want to do everything I can on my end to help fit pros do that. Well, thank you for what you're doing. And, you know, you're, <laughs> you get me emotional there. I, I remember, I remember with Cindy, you know, we had so many shutdowns. We pulled all of our locations under one virtual roof, uh, Pennsylvania, New York. Uh, they're just about as bad as California to be in uh, as far as shutdowns go and things such as that. And so we're finally able to reopen Pennsylvania and our key person that we still had on the team uh, for that Pennsylvania location left us, I think it was about two weeks before we were able to reopen. And so Cindy and I come in here and, you know, I almost felt uh, a little bit like when Rocky visits the old gym, you know, and there's a dusty glove there and, you know, like, what are we going to do, you know? And, uh, you know, I was just like looking at this wall that we had written, never give up on. And uh, I said, well, you know, we don't have any money to pay anybody. Um, so, I mean, we could never give up and do it ourselves. And, um, and so we did, and we, we opened and we closed and members asked for more sessions and we still didn't have money to pay anybody yet because we hadn't built back up the membership that much. And so we did more sessions, but we did them ourselves. And one of the things that really would have helped us and made our lives easier is just, you know, automations. Um, what Brandy's talking about here is if you're in a fitness business, you more than likely have one email software. <laughs> You have a body comp software, you have a software that you use for text messaging, you have a software that you use for billing, you know, you, you're probably using some sort of software to try to bring all the softwares together. Um, you know, like there's just, there's so much, yeah. you know, it, you know, there's a scheduler and, and just, you know, all kinds of things. And so um, I won't list them all, but you get to about 10 different softwares. And so when Brandy said in the beginning that you only get the CNN version of what your uh, fitness business is actually doing. Yeah. Right. If you see them coaching this session, you don't have any idea about the 10 different softwares that they're trying to add your name to and manage different uh, needs that you may have within those softwares and, and that these softwares don't talk to each other. So, you know, if you've ever left a, a business and gotten a text or a message like you were, uh, still a member, you know, that happens because you got 10 different softwares that aren't talking to each other. And it is people dependent on going through all those softwares and, and removing somebody. And, and so, uh, Brandy, thank you for what you're doing, because I know that less fitness businesses would close if they had uh, something like a system that really served them, that they could leverage more of their time to serve their people. And after all, that's what they're coming to us for. They're not coming to us to play around with 10 different softwares. They don't even know about right. that part. They're, they're, <laughs> and they don't want to know about that part. So I apologize to you listeners that I just bored you with that part. But the point is, if you allow coaches more time to help people achieve their results by creating this back-end support system, you are helping to change lives and you are helping to prevent closures. And, and I really just appreciate your vision and your why just cause Simon Sinek. I think that's the infinite game, you know? So yeah, yeah, really good. Really good. Yeah. We want to restore hope to the fitness industry. That's yeah. it. It comes down to that. What a great mission. And so in your software, uh, there's going to be, uh, you know, things that talk to each other and communicate better than other softwares. Uh, you know, like what are some of the things you're most excited about that this software is going to bring to the fitness industry? Um, goodness, I take a deep breath because there's a lot. Uh, initially, I mean, on, on just kind of at first glance, I'm really excited for the um, 
customer integration side. So right now, um, people don't really have an option of, I mean, your customers just use it to schedule, right? And to pay their, to pay for their services. And so what we want to do is create a lot of stickiness of that customer with you as the gym. And also because it's better accountability and all those things. So there's an inner layer of communications within the app from the gym to the customer. There is, um, you know, diet logging, challenges, um, social media integrations, uh, wearable integrations to track all of their data uh, for, you know, how much, how many times they've worked out this year, how many um, pounds of fat they've lost, or, you know, hey, you've done a really good job drinking your water. And so it's almost like a built-in encourager to be able to not only track your client's success, but for them to get notifications from you saying, hey, you've done an awesome job this week. You worked out two days more than you did last week and you drank, you know, 32 ounces more water, whatever it is. Oh, I really um, like I'm, that part. I didn't even mention yeah. those guys. So when we're also checking up on you, we'll go to, you know, say a wearable integration. My zone is what we offer in our gym. So, um, you know, we'll go to your my zone uh, software and we'll see how you're doing there. Then we'll go to our fitness pal software and see how you're doing there. And like, these are all things that aren't talking to each other. So how cool would it be for their customer, even themselves to just be able to not have to log into fitness pal and, and my zone yes. and everything else. And just so kind of, want their, you know, when they're using oh. journey, then that's their one-stop shop for their health and fitness. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. And you also have, um, this is interesting because I had somebody on our show not too long ago talking about artificial intelligence. You also have an artificial intelligence component, don't you? In there? Yeah. So it's actually built on AI. Oh, yeah. very cool. So um, most software companies now are built on AI, okay. but um, it's a there's still a learning curve for a lot of people. And I think that a lot of people think it's really expensive. And I mean, for us to build, it does get expensive, but I don't want it to be something that's unreachable for the industry that we're in um, because you know like if you're talking like healthcare and um you know uh like engineering companies and building firms these huge companies who have you know billions of dollars a year in earnings they can afford to do their own things with ai um, but it gets cost prohibitive for the studio owner Mm -hmm. And so we want, that's why we wanted to build this in because we want you to be able to leverage that data in a healthy way, right? Not in a negative way because AI can also be used negatively, but use it in a healthy way to be able to encourage your customers and to keep them on track, but also to keep your business thriving. Well, sure. And also, you know, here's what I know. Success is in the routine. We have to be able to, what we have at Journey is an MIA report that tells people that, uh, or tells us how many times somebody's been in, and we know that we have to keep them in the routine to help them reach their goals, right? So uh, one, you know, I mean, obviously just having something that can kind of assess someone's patterns can tell us if they're starting to fall off or if they're staying on track, like there's that. The other thing that I hope that a software company will eventually reach is I started off in the fitness industry when everybody had a, a, a tag that they'd scan at the gym and this is kind of how they would check in and then people would lose their tags and then we'd replace their tags. And then uh, we got a, a fingerprint scanner. That was pretty cool. Uh, we had a fingerprint scanner where people would come in and then they'd touch their finger to a screen. 
And, you know, although that was interesting, when COVID hit, uh, not everybody wanted to touch their finger where somebody else's finger had been, right? You know, so then uh, we got a what we consider a hands-free check-in because we could go to our Journey app and then you could check in through your app. But I guess what I look forward to, one of the advantages for a customer about AI is AI is that thing that when you're in a new city that you've never been to before, but your friends have been there and AI understands your interest and suddenly you get a restaurant recommendation on your phone um, because your friend had been there and because you share similar interests and now you're, you're seeing this, that's AI. So what I wonder about our fitness industry is why with these phones knowing locations for all sorts of things, you know, you use your app and it says you want to allow it to know your location. And some say yes. And some say, no, if you say yes, forget about, you know, clicking the button on your app, forget about touching your fingerprint, forget about remember to bring your gym card, just check in. Cause you're there. Right. I mean, like you're in the building, you know? yeah, right. Like AI will know and check you in. So, I mean, I think that our fitness industry and, you know, hopefully your software and things like that. I'm sure your software will get there if it's not there already. We'll just be able to automatically track attendance with, you know, the way that things are built, you know, so pretty yeah, cool. And it'll be able to make recommendations on those to those customers. Like, hey, Travis, you know, uh, I hope you enjoyed your workout. Before you leave today, grab a protein shake for recovery on your way out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Those right? kinds of things. So that's like automatic sales built in too, right? Because it's really difficult for a front desk person to say that to everybody. I was sharing with you offline that I like the game of chess. The game of chess has now become a computer game that has uh, collected all the data of all the master's champions. And so what it can actually tell you in the game that you're in is what would be your next best move. So here's here's where we're lacking in our gyms right now is that Quite often, you know, the information that you get is, you know, maybe your trainer had a handout for you. And so, you know, you look at their diet handout or, or things like that. But imagine if your app could collect all the important information for you, right? And because that knowledge exists, and that's what the internet's about, that's what AI is about, is that it can actually scan the internet for, uh, if you said, if you wanted to just simply ask the app, to say, hey, you know, what would be the best type of protein shake for me to have after the workout? And it says, oh, well, you know, what you'd want for your weight loss goals are one-to-one protein to carb ratio, or, you know, and, and because I've noticed that you uh, clicked on that you love peanut butter, uh, I would recommend the peanut butter chocolate, right? Like, I mean, this is like how good things can get and how different life can be compared to when maybe you got a recipe on a piece of paper that you may have left in your car or lost somewhere, you know, I mean, that's just a whole different experience. So yeah, um, it is really cool where our world is heading. Um, we can spend time being afraid of it, or we can just kind of get to know it and get to know its benefits. And uh, I'm super excited for where your software is going to take it. Now I have an important question though for you. And, uh, and I think, you know, it's a question I've never asked you, but I, I it just makes me curious. Um, you know, it's really about what makes you who you are. Um, you know, you're somebody that chose to serve our country. You're somebody that got excited over the challenge of having a business. <laughs> Some people are just like, I'm out, throwing the towel, you know, and then you're taking on this monumental task uh, software with a really strong why. And so I guess what I want to know, because I know you to be an amazing creation, um, like is what makes you 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 know is it uh, is it your is it your faith is it uh, is it 
I don't know, Brandy, you know, I just I, I just find you to be very impressive the way that you're always willing to take on more. And it usually has to do with a pretty strong way to serve people, whether it be your fitness business or now this software, you know, so uh, I guess what's made you make these decisions in life and gives you that drive. Um, well, you answered it. It is my faith. Uh, okay. That is my why. Um, I have been and experienced incredible love from the creator of the universe. Mm -hmm. oh. And how can I not speak of that which I have seen, right? Yeah. How can I not become that which I have seen an example of? Uh, and that kind of love supersedes everything. And um, so the big challenges don't seem so hard because they're, I'm not fighting them alone. Mm -hmm. so good um if i'm told to go i'm gonna go if i'm told to to move i'm gonna move um and that requires you know a lot of um personal introspective time right and um uh, a discipline of every single day i get up and i spend time and in, in scripture and i listen uh, you know, I was having a conversation with somebody this weekend. Uh, it's actually Amanda Middleman mm -hmm. about about what prayer is, and I um, have come to see that prayer is not talking; prayer is listening. Mm. Ah. You know, the memory of God returns to the quiet mind was a quote that I heard recently, and that's why I'm trying to quiet my mind down a little bit more. Um, and what does that mean? You know. Uh, for for those of you out there, I I hope you know that we're we're not really, uh, you know, trying to beat you over the head with any sort of Bible thumping right now because it's not. It's just accepting that you're a spiritual being having a human experience. Uh, when for me, that's accepting everyone where they are too, right? Because that's how God's love has shown through to me. Yeah. Accepting Brandy in her best scenario and her worst scenario, and you know, we all have states of ourselves that we oscillate in and out of right our, our our good healthy states and our um our not so healthy mindset sometimes and the incredible thing to me about the love of jesus to me is that it truly was not religion it was loving everyone no matter what where they are yeah like yeah. that's the love right loving everyone no matter what wherever they are yeah you know uh i i love where this show's going and i'm just gonna take it there um uh, I, I and i want to know this answer from you so i'll just share it was um it was last year and i i thought that my health was really on the line they said that i could have a mass on my brain and i could have cirrhosis in my liver and and this is a time where people you know usually send out those foxhole prayers and you know cling to you know some church or faith or whatever and and you know i just had to analyze myself and and you know kind of identify who am i who am i right and um and I realized that it wasn't the things I'd accomplished or what I had or what other people thought of me. And those were just aspects of my ego. And uh, I read a definition of what is real. And what is real is that which does not change. 
And so our bodies have been changing since the time that we were born. I, I've been trying for a long time to go back and grab my 16-year-old body, and I just can't, you know. Uh, so our bodies have been changing, but there's this part of us that doesn't change. And, and, I'm, and I'm coming right back to the point that you just made. This part of us that doesn't change is that part that's eternal, that part that's unique, that part where we finally realize when you said, you know, it's just to love everybody. You see, when we're in the ego, we believe that we're separate from everybody. And then sometimes we become part of a group, you know, like Brandy was part of the military and we've honored that. And, and so she gets that group consciousness, but yet still, you know, I mean, if there's people that don't think the way that her group thinks or whatever, you know, then you're kind of obligated to your group, at least during that period of time. However, the ultimate evolution and consciousness is to realize that there is no them and us. There's just we, you know, whatever source you believe that you came from today, you are a piece of that source and I'm a piece of that source. And that makes us really one, right? And so that's, of course, you know, you, you just have to love in the end because it's like, um, you know, there's a biblical quote, right? You know, and it's, uh, it says, you know, love your neighbor as yourself, you know, and then it's just so important because that's what we're honoring. You know, if you do yoga, it's namaste. The divine in me recognizes the divine in you, right? Um, so it was that hard. That's why I said I wanted to ask you this question. It was that hardship. Uh, you know, some of the best parts of who I am is my pain, my struggle. I, I thank God for my struggles that introduced me to my strength. You know, uh, that last year made me a better person, uh, took me on a spiritual path. What? Is there a specific challenge that enhanced your faith in life? Were you just born into a, a family that was very faith-based? You know, uh, you know. What no, were... Well, I mean, I think if you grow up in the South, everybody knows who Jesus is. <laughs> like you can't be, and they call it the Bible Belt for a reason, right? Right, right, right. Yeah. Um, you gotta go get saved, know. right? Everybody exactly. got everybody's saving each other, right? Okay. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, all the and people are incredibly churched, as I call it. They're religious and churched and and very few people talk about a relationship with the divine. Mm -hmm. Right. And so um, for me, I, um, I had a kind of tough childhood uh, until I was about 12 years old. And, um, you know, my mother struggled with a lot of things and battled a lot of personal uh, demons. And, um, of course, you know, children kind of catch the, um, catch the overflow of that. Mm -hmm. And I remember hearing a fight one night and I was terrified and, uh, I was watching it and I closed my eyes and I, I knew how to pray because they teach you. I mean, it's like everybody, whether you believe in God or not, everybody prays around there. She just did and cool just, fingers, guys, you know, so yeah, she's just like, listening. She's like, pray, you know, like, you know, yeah, cool fingers, yeah. yeah, whatever that um, is. Like so generic, you know, and so it's just like this rudimentary repetition of words that don't really mean a lot to people. But something had stuck with me um, that I had heard my grandmother say, and it was, Brandy, if you're ever scared, all you've got to say is, God, Jesus, I need your protection. Mm -hmm. And I know you love me. And I closed my eyes and I said that. And I don't know what happened, but I woke up the next morning in my bed. Mm. And I felt so safe and so at peace and so loved 
no matter what was going on, because my home really wasn't a home of like lots of love and nurturing at all. Um, I mean, I had my brother who did as much of that as he knew how um, at his age. Um, but I just remember thinking, I have a source. Yeah. Mm. Like I have a source of strength. And I'm not alone, no matter how old I am, right? Like as a kid, you, you're you terrified of being alone. And so that is where it all started for me. Yeah, that's so good. That's so good to bring you peace and just wake up the next day and, and safety, not just peace, but safety, yeah. you know. Um, you know, most people that have watched this show long enough understand that I went to prison for 10 years. And, uh, I, you know, I was brought the book cart several times and I'm not a reader and uh for, there was only two things on the book cart, Louis L'Amour and the Bible. And so I, uh, I eventually chose Louis L'Amour. I'm sure God was laughing at me then. You know? <laughs> but I read the, the Bible, you know. But uh, eventually I did, you know, although I was through the Louis L'Amour series. And uh, I'm like, all right, well, give me the Bible, you know. And so I'm, uh, I would read it. And, um, and it doesn't matter, you know, I'm using Bible, you know, for other people, you know, maybe they're reading the Torah or whatever they're reading. But what I found was not because it wasn't interesting, but it could uh, bring me such peace and allow me to sleep in an environment where it was pretty restless most of the time. And uh, I, I just always, I remember one person told me before that, you know, sometimes, uh, you know, uh, the word or scripture, or, you know, that can be like, uh, just being rocked in a bosom, you know, and, uh, you know, just, uh, really, really interesting, uh, to hear about the strength and the peace because there, there were, you know, times where, you know, I, I was very unsettled, but yet I would be settled. And then I'd wake up the next mm -hmm. day, probably waking up feeling like you felt, uh, you know, at peace. And so really cool. Now, Randy, you're like I just highlighted, an amazing person on an amazing path, and, um, and this show is about overcoming, you know. And um, if you were to give people, you know, a tip or two or whatever about if you're, you know, facing adversity, um, you know, what's worked for you, um, you know, you're obviously, I'm sure that all your years in fitness weren't easy. You're not on an easy path now, and as you shared already, even your younger years weren't easy. Um, so you just obviously shared one thing that's worked, but, uh, if you had a few tips for a successful life and overcoming adversity, what would they be? Well, the first, I would say, I, I will add that I overcame poverty. We were in We were very, very, very poor. Um, and for some reason, I never actually thought about it until a few years ago. That was not a barrier to, for me, a lot of people, it creates limiting beliefs um, but what I remember telling myself as a young girl was always, no matter what, do your very best, your very best. You can always walk away and be proud, regardless of whether you succeed or fail and failure is different if you've given it your very best. Mm -hmm. And so I always want to have something to be proud of, which is giving my very best which also leads to kind of my favorite quote that a client of mine gave me 10 years ago. I was interviewing like top female uh, business artists, all these people. And she said, leave a trail of excellence. So not only do your very best, but you've got to leave a trail of excellence, which means you leave people in your wake who now pursue excellence. 
Mm. who now, because they have been with you, are better. Because it's not about us at the end of the day, right? It's about the impact, um, the trail of excellence that we leave amongst the people who we've spent time with, whether it's five minutes. You know, maybe it's a stranger on the street who can't catch the bus in time because she's in a walker and you stop the bus for her, even though you're not getting on it. Maybe it is the child in your home who deeply needs their parent to love them. Or maybe it's your employee, whoever it is. It could be your neighbor to leave a trail of excellence and excellence comes out of love. Mm, That's so good. That's so good. So do your best and leave a trail of excellence. You know what, what I'm really, what I'm really getting from that, you know, I don't know what your best looks like to you, you know, uh, hopefully you're, hopefully you're not too tough on yourself and, and hopefully, you know, you, you realize that it's all areas of life, but uh, to leave a trail of excellence, that means to leave every person in every situation better than you found them. Right. You know, cause of just who you are and who you show up as, you know, I, I try to have a, a goal to start and end my day positively. And I have this goal to fill myself up with positivity because I got to go give it away. And if I don't fill myself up, I got nothing to give, you know? So maybe that's your version of excellence. You know, I know that's mine. Um, however, you know, for everybody, it's uniquely different. And so I like the way that this can just uh, fit, you know, what area of your life do you need to give your best and, and how can you leave a trail of excellence? That's really good. Mm-hmm. So, Brandy, if people want to follow you, if they want to find out more about physio, can you tell them a little bit more about how to do it? Yeah. So they can go to physio.biz. That's P-H-Y-S-I-O dot B-I-Z. Um, they can email me, Brandy with an I at physio.biz. Um, but they can also find me on Instagram at B as in Brandy. Fitboss, F-I-T-B-O-S-S, B Fitboss, and as Brandy Binkley on Facebook. And she does run her life like a boss, so she does <laughs> be the Fit Boss. <laughs> I love it. Love it. Brandy, thank you for being on today's show. You were an awesome guest. Thanks for having me, Travis. Hey, thanks for tuning in to the Overcomers Podcast, sponsored by Journey 333. When I am not hosting the Overcomers Podcast, I am working at one of our fitness franchises, so that I can continue to help people overcome adversity on a daily basis. That's right, people come to the Journey 333 fitness franchises because they want a coach in their life. They want somebody to help them overcome the adversities of life, motivate them to higher levels of greatness, bring out their potential, help them lose weight, get off medications, fight depression, fight anxiety. That's what we do on a regular basis. If you feel like you want your life to be about helping more people to overcome their adversities, If you feel like you're an overcomer and you want to create more overcomers, then maybe owning a Journey 333 franchise would be for you. To find out more, go to www.journeyfitness333.com.
you know, born and raised in Middle Tennessee and um, grew up working very early age, um, put myself through college uh, via the military um, and uh, served during or during and after September 11th and um, got out of the military, finished my degree in exercise physiology and uh, decided to move home to Nashville, Tennessee to start my business. And so I started training out of somebody else's facility and doing a little training out of my garage. And I just realized that I only had enough hours in the day to see so many people. And I had so many big dreams of what I wanted to do to help people live a better life. And I think I just had a just heart for like fit pros, you know, just a big passion for fit pros. Um, because we, we get up early, we stay up late, we grind. There's so many hours that people never even see. You know, our customers get to see just the snippet, the good stuff, right? They truly just see the CNN version of the work that you do. They don't see all the stuff in the background that goes on to make it happen. And so I wanted to create a facility where we empowered and enriched the lives of others through fostering creativity in our team and education in our team. And so that's where PhysioFit started. 